The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 24th chapter. Glory, Glory to you, Lord. Jesus said to the disciples, About that day and hour, no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. For as the days of Noah were, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day Noah entered the ark, and they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away, so too will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two will be in the field, one will be taken, and one will be left. Two women will be grinding meal together, one will be taken, and one will be left. Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Christ. And so, with Thanksgiving Day and Black Friday and football season, except for a yet-to-be-determined bowl game now behind us, here, now heralded quietly by the single small flame of a single blue candle, has come the first week of the first season of a brand new church year that season being the season of Advent. The word Advent, and I reminded you of this on the last Sunday of last year, which of course was just last week, the word Advent means coming. Dur during Advent, I reminded you of this just last year also, during Advent, while the world is busily, busily, bustlingly, busily preparing for the coming of Christmas, the church is called to prepare and to do so better by not doing so always so busily to prepare for the coming of Jesus. Which certainly includes preparing to celebrate his coming as that infant king on that Christmas time back on that day in that little town of Bethlehem. But it is also meant to include, and this is maybe where some of the not always so busily comes in most handily, Advent is meant to include too preparing for him as he comes also to the world, to us, here and now, in the moments of our everydays. But thirdly also, Advent, and this is always the theme, the main theme of the first Sunday in Advent every year, we are also in Advent called to prepare for that great and final day when he will come again. He will come again. At least that's what he promised. I personally don't claim to understand one nut or bolt of how exactly or the when exactly is of when that promise is going to be kept exactly. And I'm pretty sure, personally, that when it comes to the relatively few specific kind of things he seems to kind of say about it, like in this text today, we miss his specific main point entirely if we think that he's meaning to make that main point literally. That main point being that at the end of the day, at the end of all days, 
at the end of your days, the future belongs to him. Therefore, well, according to Advent's way of thinking, therefore, yes, that Christmas party you're planning to do in the next couple of weeks needs to be something you prepare and get ready for by all means because you do have some people who have promised to come. But listen, listen to Advent. Don't get lost in the weeds. Prepare, be ready, for Jesus has promised to come. By way of preparing for his coming in all three of those ways that I've mentioned, the prayers that Pam will lead us in each week, the beautiful prayers of Advent Sundays, turn to him and ask him to come. They all begin, stir up your power, stir up and come, Lord Jesus. They invite him to come. They implore him even to come. They almost at times beg him to come to come to our Christmas celebrations when they come, to come to our daily lives here and now as they come, and to come even now to our futures. Notice this, to come even now to our futures by coming right here and now to our visions of the future and our hopes for the future and our strivings toward the future, and our faith that the future, because it is in his hands, and because you are too, is not something ultimately to be afraid of, but rather something here and now to live in the direction of faith fully and fearlessly, which as those Advent prayers Pam leads us in our prayed and answered, seek to move God's people on an Advent journey with Jesus, that being the journey, and how beautiful would a journey may be like this be, that journey from fear to faith to faithfulness. Which takes us to that first reading we heard today where a great Advent preacher, one of, in my opinion, the two greatest Advent preachers there are, the other being John the Baptist. In our first reading for today, the other of the two greatest Advent preachers there are, the prophet Isaiah, seven and a half centuries before John the Baptist, set his holy gaze on that great and final future that one day finally will come. And Isaiah, being a great Advent preacher, looking at the future, said, and said again, and said again, Advent's favorite word, Advent's favorite word being the word, come. Except that you notice, Isaiah, in his case, broadens our Advents and our imaginations even further by saying, come, not in this particular case, to God or God's Christ, but to the people of God. And indeed to all people, to us, to you. Listen again to those words that Cindy read. As, as the, in this passage, Isaiah does say, Advent's word, come, and then again says, come, and then a third time says, come again. 
in days to come. This is future language, right? This is the kind that prophets speak about by speaking promises, right? In days to come, Isaiah begins by promising, the mountain of the Lord shall be established as the highest of the mountains, and all the nations shall stream to it, saying, Come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, that he may teach us his ways, and that we may walk in his paths. And he shall judge between the nations, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against one another any more, neither shall they learn war any more. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Isaiah obviously is not a news reporter these days, looking at every grim thing there is in the world and then grimly writing today's headlines. No, Isaiah is a prophet who is thoroughly aware of grim realities. I mean, prophets, Old Testament prophets, are the least naive people there ever were. But firmly aware of grim realities, he is given a glimpse of how things one day will be and then hopefully notice not hopefully hopefully he writes tomorrow's promises which of course are not true they are a bunch of naive wishful thinking drivel unless something else Isaiah says is true that being that these promises aren't his promises they are God's given to him by God to give to you. And so by God, promises the, the prophet, in days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest of the mountains, which doesn't mean it becomes Mount Everest. That's inaccessible. <laughs> the high, it'll be the highest of the mountains. In other words, what? In other words, the day will come when nothing on earth will be as important to people on earth as worshiping the creator and savior of heaven and earth. And on that day, says the promise, still promising, all people from all nations on earth will say to each other, come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord that he may teach us his ways. In other words, what? In other words, the day will come when no more will the world self-proclaimed great seek to shape the world according to their personal wills and desires at the expense of others for all, rather, Isaiah says, all humbled before the greatness of God will seek to be shaped with others by the will and desire of God for them, for others. And all national anthems then will be superseded by a single anthem sung by all the people of the earth whose theme will not be the theme of bombs bursting in air or sabers rattling, but rather whose theme at long last will be the theme, have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Thou art the potter, we are the clay, mold us and make us 
after your will. While we are waiting, humble, yielded, and still. And God then, says the prophet, notice, God then shall judge between peoples and nations. In other words, what? In other words, us nations and peoples and political partisans too, heaping judgments of all kinds upon one another and then to carry out our judgments, fighting wars of all kinds with one another will be a thing of the past as any judging of people that needs to be done then will be done by God, not by us. And says the prophet with no more need for nations and peoples judging one another and with God's will, God's will being both sought and done by all people and all nations, therefore, says the prophet, the people shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. In other words, what? In other words, the day will come, Isaiah says, when the entirety of the budgets of both the Department of Defense and the Department of Homeland Security will be reallocated to feed the hungry. And then too, and from then on, says the prophet, nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. There's no need to do any other words for that because surely you all recognize the sound of peace when it is promised. And having so described, proclaimed, prophesied, promised how by God one day that's how things will be, Isaiah concludes by speaking that Advent word of all words, the word come, one more time. As this time, not to God, but to the people of God, he says, come again with these final words, house of Jacob, come. Let us walk in the light of the Lord. In other words, what? Well, in other words, how about something like this? Is it just me or does it seem pretty dark out these days? And I'm not just talking about the sun having dipped as far south as it has in the sky and so the days are shorter and the nights are longer. I'm talking about what feels these days sometimes like a deeper kind of darkness that seems to have less to do with the sky above the world and more to do with the soul of the world. And looking in pretty much any direction you choose, it doesn't take long at all to see blind men, and women too certainly, darkly leading or commanding blind minions into the darkness, trying to defeat those whom they have painted oh so very darkly. But the battles they wage are for a war that is lost even before the battle is met. For here is a rule of engagement as clear as the sun on the clearest of days. You don't defeat darkness with darkness. For darkness, meeting darkness, has no ability whatsoever other than the ability to deepen the darkness. 
For the only thing, the only thing that can defeat darkness is light. Light overcoming the dark by shining in the dark. People of God, it is Advent. And it is sometimes, in a way, for sure, dark out. And darkness can be frightening, but it doesn't need to find you frightened. For remember the promise, the future doesn't belong to the dark. It belongs to Jesus, who came, who comes, who will come again, and who is the light, the light to whom the future belongs, the light to whom you belong, even now and forever. So, so people of God, remember, you can't defeat the dark with darkness. For all darkness can do when it tries to confront darkness is instead to deepen the darkness. The only thing, the only thing, the only thing that can defeat darkness is light. So, so now it is Advent. A time to ready and prepare for his coming. And it is sometimes anyway, absolutely, surely it is dark out. House of Jacob, house of Jesus, Gloria Day, come, let us walk. Notice, 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 notice. Let us not sit, let us walk. This is an active thing. Come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. That as he comes and when he comes, he might find us prepared and ready for he finds us fearlessly, faithfully, actively, courageously, lovingly, and hopefully.